Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Mike Bararani. I'm Sarah Hazi. And I'm Antonio Mayo. And today we are back to our normal schedule, picking a question from the jar and answering it randomly. Are we ready? I am ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. When rolling out Microsoft Information Protection, do organizations commonly configure a default label? If so, why? Okay. We've, talk, we've been talking about MIP quite a bit lately. So we have. when people roll out MIP or Microsoft Information Protection, do they commonly configure a default label? I usually recommend that they do. You and I have talked about this a couple times, Sarah, and you know, that default label I find the hardest one to pick, but mm -hmm. having one is helpful because you know for most organizations uh, there's exceptions, but for most organizations the vast majority of content is not sensitive, right? It's it's that content that you want to keep internal that you don't want it to go outside the organization, but if it did, you probably wouldn't lose a ton of sleep and you would consider it an accident, right? That that kind of innocuous stuff, the everyday emails and drafts of documents that we create. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that usually makes up 90% of our content, maybe a bit less, but you know, a large majority of our content. And that usually best fits that default label. Um, I find also if you don't have a default label, you are relying on people to pick a label. And if you don't have a default, but you have labels required, which a lot of client customers want to do, they kind of think, Okay, I want to make people think about choosing the right label. So I'm going to make it required, but I don't want to default because I don't want them just always accept the default. The problem with that is you run into actual like mechanical issues with the software if that happens, where so, documents don't sync to OneDrive anymore, for example, until you label them. So I would love to do an Antonio pop quiz because I have questions about default labels. Sure. We have never done this before. Oh, yeah, so, sure. um, Antonio, um, can you, what are the rules around configuring a default label? Is it one default label for everything in the entire tenant? Or can you configure default labels for different types of content like emails versus documents, et cetera? So it's one label per sensitivity label policy. In the policy is where you select your default label. So you're going to configure sensitivity labels you're going to then publish a set of those sensitivity labels to users through a policy. And in that policy, I'm gonna pick like three or five labels to publish to a set of users in the organization. And that policy is where I pick one of those labels as my default. So I can pick one only there. And you can't make it based on a subset of users, a subset of types of content, emails versus um, image files versus something else. It's gotta be for the entire set of sensitivity labels. So, so I can I cannot make it a subset. Sorry, I I cannot make it dependent on the type of content. That's not a thing. Um, I can I can make it dependent on the users by basically having one policy that's published to one set of users and then a different policy that's published to a different set of users. So I could do that, right? Like if I have two user groups, let's say I have my executives and my I have, sorry, let's say I have my legal team and I have everybody else. I can have one policy that publishes a set of labels to the legal team and picks a particular default. I have a different policy that publishes a set of labels. It could be the same labels to a different group of users, and I could have a different default there. 
So would you do that? Like when, when you open up that call that can of warm, when you say I can set up uh, default labels per user group, aren't you inviting organizations and users to say, hey, I'm going to have a lot of default labels? Like would you stop? That's a good question. I would suggest that if you are going to do different default labels for different user groups, to do it sparingly, right? To do it in only cases where it's really needed. Like with, with teams that deal with really sensitive data all the time, perhaps your legal team deals with contracts all the time, right? That's that's the first uh, example that comes to mind. Well, then maybe they deserve their own default that's a little more stringent than what everybody else works on. But, but I would not do that for every group or every set of users. So what about the companies where, and I'm interested in how often this comes up and how you treat it, where they say, we have a lot of special people and we have people that should be exempted from having to label anything. Maybe they're our executive committee or just people who escalate and say, we, we what we do is too critical to the business. We shouldn't have to set a, a label. Um, do you see companies or do you recommend companies publish a different set of labels without a default or without them being required to an exception group of users? I, my, my preference would be that you don't have exceptions in your organization. You don't have a lot of exceptions in your organizations around who should label versus who should not label, right? Like, like there are some valid exceptions there where certain individuals, let's say they publish a newsletter through email to the public. Usually you don't want a label stamped on that, right? And in those cases, I can see you not having a label that's visible, right? But you can configure a label that doesn't apply markings, for example, and doesn't apply protection. It's just metadata inside the email or inside a document. So in those cases, I personally like the idea of still make them label it, but have a different label that doesn't show markings in those cases. But I think those, those exceptions should be rare. Right. I, I think if you you say, well, this special group of people, they don't want a label, so we're not going to make them because, well, they're important and they're high up and they're, you know, uh, can can wield a lot of power. I think you're inviting a lot of confusion in your organization if you do that. If you you, you have too many of these exceptions and it's like, well, you lose the whole whole um, purpose behind applying sensitivity labels in the mm -hmm. first place. Right. Like ultimately, these sensitivity labels are supposed to help improve your understanding and management security of your data landscape. Right. I and also think you need to be cautious of, and I don't know, Mike, if you've ever seen this, but you need to be cautious of trying to optimize labeling by creating too many groups of policies and trying to make them too differentiated based on users. So you wouldn't want to say for HR, we're going to default to this label. For IT, we're going to default to this label. For legal, we're going to default to this label. Because then what happens is you have employees that move between departments. Yeah. You're forever trying to keep up to speed with which group that they should be in. And then if I go from working in IT to working in HR or vice versa, um, suddenly my default label switches. And um, while it could be compelling to think about optimizing things that way, I could see it backfiring quickly. Agreed. I think you just invite confusion about what label gets applied when and in what circumstances, right? Like Sarah, you and I have talked about um, consistency of label terminology is important. I think consistency of when labels should be applied, uh, what the defaults are is also important so that people know what to expect in this regard. Exactly. And to that point, also from a communication perspective, 
once you have a default label, you should always communicate the differences between different labels and train the end user on what the labels are and what they're meant to be and what they mean exactly. Yeah. Just because they don't start using the default label by, by default and uh, not using different different labels or not labeling the content properly. Yeah. So good understanding from the end user is really crucial. Otherwise, we're just not doing the job. Exactly. Um, you know, again, too many exceptions, too many differences in the rules just kind of fracture people's understanding of why are we doing this thing, this classification thing. Um, I do like the idea. I, I tend to recommend, yes, you should have a default because then from the point of rolling out MIP and your sensitivity labels, all your content starts to get classified. Um, and you find that, you know, sometimes users complain about, oh, I have to do this extra thing every time I send an email, every time I save a document. Um, what you find though is once it rolls out, it becomes second nature to people. It really doesn't become a big deal. Like people do, you know, okay, one extra click and I've got my sensitivity um, uh, specified. And if you have a default, it it kind of, it makes it so that people only have to pick a classification label or a sensitivity label in those exceptional circumstances where the default doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I highly recommend that the people, if you're gonna have required labels, you have a default. Because if you don't, if you get into that situation where we really wanna force people to think about what label to choose, and we don't want them just rely on the default, there's things that just don't work the way you expected, right? That's like, just such a speed bump though from an employee experience perspective yeah. that they can't send an email or save a document um, yeah. unless they choose a label. And the, just it's a horrible time to communicate to them because even training users around this, you can offer training, you can put out communications even internally, you can try and make it easy to understand, but you're never gonna get to an overwhelming percentage of your employee population, meaning that they will always be surprised when it happens because yeah. they haven't paid attention or read the content or taken the training. Yeah. Well, I've seen circumstances where you've got people who um, work really quickly, work on a lot of emails, and they write an email and they hit send. They go to the next email, they hit send. They go to a chat conversation, they do something. They go to a document, they do something. And they don't realize that first email they wrote and they hit send where they forgot to pick a label, a little dialogue popped up saying, you need to classify this before it sends. And it's sitting there until you get back to that email. Right. People, you know, yeah. it can be a meaningful amount of time before you get back to it. And then I go and I create a document and I'm expecting it to sync to OneDrive, but it's not syncing and it's not saving because I haven't picked that sensitivity label yet. Right. So, so you get into these weird mechanical issues where it's like, oh, it's behaving the way it's supposed to be because the label's required, but it doesn't fit into kind of that, that workflow that a user works with. So important, and I think um, I think the only other thing I can think of to mention is we talked about this on our last episode when we met with Joanne, but making sure that you know who is accountable for making a decision about whether there's a default label and what that default label should be from a racy perspective, right? Who's responsible for the decision, who's accountable for the decision, who's being consulted about the decision and who needs to be informed of the decision. And it's very important that you take time to define all of those key roles. Absolutely, um, especially from an executive sponsorship perspective and have someone own the decision because mm -hmm. you look at people pushing back, 
right? You'll get people that don't see the value in user-based classification, so they push back on that. Or they see, well, how can I? How can you guarantee people are going to pick this, the right label every time? And the answer is you can't, right? But there's still value in rolling out a classification solution that helps you better understand the sensitivity of your info. And that all leads back to these decisions. So, you know, having someone who's an executive sponsor that's going to say, yes, this is what we're doing and we're moving ahead with it. And company culture is so, so important because I've worked with, with organizations before, and I'm sure you have too, where everyone is an exception and everyone is going to escalate and escalate and escalate to become yeah. an exception. Yeah. You need to make sure that you have your leadership aligned where I'm not feeling any exceptions today. I won't be feeling any exceptions tomorrow. It's just this is the line. We're not making exceptions because when we're talking about information protection, if you allow if you're on a leaky boat, you're on a leaky boat, uh, right? If you allow a lot of exceptions and a lot of um, people being able to obfuscate um, the parameters that you're setting, then you're not really protected. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so with that, things change all the time. And then we, we evolve as organizations and individuals and technology is evolving as well. How easy it is to, to make a change in your sensitivity labels. If either you change your default one you increase, well, increasing is no brainer. You'll add as many as you want uh, or remove uh, and think about uh, people or emerging talents or companies buying other companies and they want to merge those MIP labels together. How easy it is to kind of make a change once you set a default label or you have documents with content with, with labels and you want to change that? That's uh, a great question. So the um, the management of your labels over time, it's really important to plan and understand how you do that, right? Um, there's a couple of important factors around there. So you can go in and you can modify sensitivity labels. Um, however, when you do that, that doesn't modify the content where you've already applied a sensitivity label, okay. right? Because I could have a document that I've classified as confidential sitting on my desktop, sitting in my email, sitting on OneDrive or SharePoint or Teams or out on Dropbox. Wherever it's sitting, it has that protection and that labeling within it. So the fact that I simply go to the M365 you know, Compliance Center and I change a label there, it's not going to go off and find all the documents and update it wherever they live in the world. So, so changing a label will change the settings of the label that's published, right? Um, but it won't change content that's already been labeled. So that's, that's one important factor. And the second is when you go to remove labels, we tend to recommend that you don't go and delete a sensitivity label. What you do is you remove it from the policy that publishes it and you still leave it in your list of sensitivity labels. Perhaps you adjust the display name to, um, you know, deprecated or something like that. But by removing it from the policy, it will no longer be published out to users. Um, and therefore, you know, they will no longer be able to choose it. Um, so you do need to consider carefully your set of labels at the beginning. And then when a change comes up, Okay, what do we do about all that content that's already been labeled? Got it. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, along with that, one interesting thing I was talking to a customer about earlier today was the notion of using um, metadata columns in SharePoint or in SharePoint to decide what sensitivity label to assign to content through those automated policies. And I had to remind them that's not a thing, right? That's not a feature. When you configure your auto apply sensitivity label policies, 
you can't put in a query that looks at metadata columns. Exactly. The only thing you can do is configure a condition that looks at sensitive info types. Does this contain a credit card number? Does it contain a, a social security number or social insurance number? Um, and because of that, because of that restriction, right? People, people sometimes confuse it with retention labels where you can look at metadata columns. Those auto apply policies for retention labels, right. you can look at metadata columns, but for sensitive labels, you can't. Um, so when you have content throughout OneDrive and SharePoint that's already labeled with a particular set of labels, and you want to change your labels for some very good reason, you can't rely on those automated policies to go find them and change it. Because yes. again, that's not a thing. Exactly. So, so you need to consider those changes carefully. Yeah. And that's that's partly why we recommend keep your list of sensitivity labels small, keep the number of exceptions you put in place extremely small, <clears throat> and only for very good reasons, uh, because there's this impact to your data if you do try to change them. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. I like it. Cool. Well, that yeah. was a very go ahead. I was just going to say, is there any other thoughts from you both on on default labels? No, the only other thought that I would have and um, is I think it's a good idea to to have some kind of an evaluation period, a pilot period or a consideration period as you wait for these decisions to fully bake. Um, because that's going to help you to be able to get feedback from your users and to make sure that who's ever in the decision-making position is ratified and final choice on the decision. It's like the, the final answer. Is that your final answer? Because um, it should be before you start rolling out and making this a live thing, because otherwise it's going to be a, a muddy mess. Absolutely. That's a great point. So maybe final answer, final thought? I like right. it. Is that a good place to end? I like it. Absolutely. So thank you. That was a really good topic. Uh, always good to have Antonio as the expert among us answering all these questions. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching another episode, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you.